0: welcome to lift your legacy my name is Jacob Rupp father husband and rabbi and each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future thank you for listening and let's get to it okay well thank you very much I've taken a little bit of a hiatus on the uh, on the podcasting because uh, you know just thinking about things and how I wanted it to progress um, I appreciate tremendously all of the ongoing support and uh, we're switching the format a little bit. There will still be some interviews, um, but I'm also transitioning to providing some of my own content. So what you should hear for the next couple of podcast episodes would be more personal stuff, uh, a little bit more teaching, and hopefully different ways I can deliver value to you. As always, I really value your input And if possible, I would appreciate if you would reach out on any of the social channels uh, or just email me, rabbirupp at gmail.com or jrupp at h.edu and provide some suggestions for me of how I could better serve. And one of the things that I'm hoping you will see at this point is that we are extremely focused on living a better life. And one of the most important components of that is getting the direction and the one-on-one work that you need in order to live better. So I am a strong proponent of coaching. I do a lot of coaching myself. And I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to please do what many other people have done. Reach out. Let's have a conversation. There's no obligation to you whatsoever uh, to see if we might be a good fit to work together. And if that might not be the case, I would be thrilled to introduce you to any of the multitude of options and networks and people that I know who could provide that help. So again, please reach out via social channels, whatever it might be. I don't think I'm too hard to find. Certainly not, I hope. And, uh, and, and let me know how I could be of benefit to you. Thank you so much. One of the most difficult parts about self-development and getting better at yourself is that you can't just sort of start on a dime in the sense that a person's life trajectory is going in a certain direction. Now, as we've discussed many times, in that process, things come up. And you don't want that direction anymore. Or the outcome of what's happening in your life is like way out from what you thought was going to be what what you wanted. And when a person thinks about changing and when a person starts to, you know, do a little bit of reading, do a little bit of work on themselves, they start to get a picture of what it takes to change. And now it's very interesting. uh, When a person thinks about the gurus of self-development, overwhelmingly, you'll find a couple of things. Thing number one is that they don't have that many dependents. Again, they might have large charities. I'm sure many of them do have large charities. But as we start changing ourselves and we look at the people that we're trying to follow, at least personally, it's very difficult because you find people that are, in a lot of cases, single or have gotten married again after they sort of reach their level of success, limited number of children. And when you're kind of sitting in life as we know it, it becomes challenging because we have all of these things and all of these people and all of these institutions potentially that we built while we were in the mindset that we were. And then as we're looking to change, it's like, well, I want to change, but how do I get everything else on the right page? So I wanted to share first and foremost, one of the interesting things that I had a conversation with with a guest of mine on my podcast. I asked him, I said, you know, Jewish life, for example, it creates all kinds of obligations. So it's like, first of all, you know, again, I'll, I'll even say even broader. Um, I was sitting and speaking to a therapist and I brought up that, you know, okay, so I go to synagogue in the morning. Certainly not anymore, but I used to. Um, uh, you know, this is for for those who are maybe watching in the future and then, you know, and and, and during coronavirus, you, know, you can't go. So I explained to this guys, you know, so I wake up. I went up going to synagogue and I go to synagogue for, um, you know, about 45 minutes, I said, 45 minutes. I said, yeah, I said, a day. I said, yeah, a day. Uh, well, not a day, because then there's a idea that you're supposed to go back at night. So what do you mean go back at night? I said, well, you know, there's an evening service. There's an afternoon service. There's an evening service. So, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and 15 in the morning. And then, you know, evening takes whatever, half an hour, 40 minutes. And the therapist looked at me, not a Jewish therapist. And he said, how do you people get anything done? So that's step number one. Now, the second point is that, you know, Judaism suggests that you're supposed to get married and Judaism suggests that you're supposed to have children and that you have to go out and do things and the people need you. And so I asked this person on my, on my podcast, I said, you know, it's so interesting because how do we live Jewish lives? How do we live a life with so many dependents and so many things that we have to do and still be able to achieve anything. And then obviously I drew over and I asked him the, you know, the question I saw, you know, uh, the most easily articulated this is is by an, uh, a great author named Malcolm Gladwell, who talks about the 10,000 hour rule, which basically says that if you look at people that are world class or excellent at something, they've done it a lot. So that on one hand for many of us is, is very reassuring because you think, well, I'll never be able to play basketball like Michael Jordan. That's probably true. In fact, that's true, um, you know, but, but once a person starts to put in the time, the work, in whatever they care about, right? And that, this is an absolutely fundamental point, is it's like, you know, you have a, there's a, there's an idea, uh, a, famous, a, a famous coach named Dan Sullivan, who has this idea called the unique ability, which basically is the principle that a person, you're gonna see where this plugs into Judaism in a second, where the principle is that a person has a unique ability. And oftentimes the unique ability is so fundamental to us that we don't even see that it's our unique ability, right? And so you're like, well, I don't have any unique ability. It's like, well, that's not necessarily true. There are things that you do that is so like intrinsic and so fundamental and you enjoy it and you think, well, yeah, because like everyone can do this. And it's like, no, no, they can't. And his whole principle is dividing, you know, building your life around your unique ability and outsourcing everything that other people are, you know, the things that are not unique ability. So this this idea is the following. A person um, will will naturally be drawn towards certain things. and But then they'll look around and they'll say, well, but I, I don't know. I don't know how to do those things. Those things are difficult for me. And then comes Malcolm Gladwell's whole concept of the 10,000 hour rule, which is basically that you should just start working on something. And after quite a while, you'll get good at it. So you can align sort of this idea of what I want to get good at with enough practice. And eventually I will become good. I'll become world-class, you know? So there, there, so there's this idea that, so I asked the the, the guest of mine, I said, so this 10,000 hour rule that, you know, we have to just really devote ourselves. Again, going back, Michael Jordan, super focused on, on playing basketball all day long. Remember the, the, the crazy stories of, of Kobe Bryant and about his work ethic and it, you know, the first workout was at 4 a.m. the next one was at 8 a.m. the next one is at, you know, 2 p.m. and the last one is at 7, a, 7 p.m. And you're like, okay, well, that's how you get a Kobe Bryant, you know, but what about me? So the idea that greatness is built by by this sustained, almost like um, you know, kind of like the, using the um, the uh, the micro not the the microscope, right, or whatever it is that that thing that you look at, and you, you focus the the beam on it. You work really hard on something. So I asked this guest of mine. I said, "So how are Jews supposed to do that? Because we are." all over the place we have so many responsibilities and all these challenges and all these kinds of things Ch- challenge, I didn't mean challenge I mean your challenge you know we we just have like lots of stuff we have to do um and 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 he asked back he said okay you know what are freud's children doing and i said i have no idea i don't know if they had kids he said what is mozart's kids doing i said don't know, right? He said, if you look, all of these 10,000 hour type people, you don't really know what ends up happening with their their descendants. In fact, you know, there's a good idea that most of them don't follow the path of their parents. So he said, you know, if you look at the real, like um, the real leaders of the Jewish people, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, what are their kids doing? It's like, well, we all know because they were the next thing. And he said that there's a certain idea that yes, it's very important. You want to get good at something, get good at something, get great at something. But more than that, you really want to be able to figure out what are the fundamental things that you can pass down to empower the next generation. So it's very interesting because, you know, at a certain time in so many people's lives, they reach a level of success where then they want to start moving outward. So, you know, we might say, Oh, you know, you see, I I remember there's a a famous comedian in Hollywood who reached the pinnacle of all, you know, stardom. And all of a sudden she starts getting involved politically. And you think to yourself, you're like, well, that's interesting. Why politically? And she actually spoke about this and made a big impression on me. She said that, you know, I I reached kind of where I wanted to go in my career, but now I have to think bigger. Again, this person has a multi-million, you know, person following and, you know, sells out the huge theaters and everything like that, the Netflix special, but she felt like you know, her journey wasn't complete, her success journey wasn't complete until she started impacting on a deeper level, like the generations. And so she saw that politics for her was the the methodology for doing that. Okay, great. So there's a certain concept that as we grow, and this is the most important thing, very often, we have this desire to get better, we have this desire to grow, this desire to expand beyond our capacity. And The challenge with that is we look at our life and we see responsibility everywhere. And as we 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 try to start freeing our minds from the shackles of our past and really trying to be aggressive about going after the kind of person we want to be. It's changing the diet. It's 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 expanding the skill set. It's it's developing the humility. It's learning the the meditation practice or whatever you might might want to do. You know, um, doing do again. You you you've you've approached your Judaism from a certain level of uh of. Of apathy. And maybe I'm going to try to do something better. Maybe I'm going to try to be more mindful about it. right? But then what happens immediately is that you think to yourself, and this just happens, it just kicks in right away. I can't do it all the way. I can't even do it part of the way. Because as soon as I try to start doing something, boom, all of my responsibilities pop up. And all of the things that depend on me are going to pull me back down, and that's a very important concept. Also, we know uh, Craig Valentine speaks about this in his book. The idea of the uh, the frog, the um the crab concept. That you know, if you look, a fisherman. He said he was with a fisherman, and they he caught a bunch of crabs and uh and the uh and and one of the crabs was like trying to climb out and so you know the the, the guy that's telling the story he said you know but to the fisherman like hey that guy's gonna get away the crabs going to get away and the fisherman said don't worry and as the as the as the first crab got to the top all the other crabs grabbed and dragged, dragged the, the um the 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 crab down right and so there was this idea that and, and, and again you see that in the, in the medrash speaks about that actually when it says that that Nakshan, at the at the splitting of the sea there was this one jewish guy that said I'm gonna go forward, right, the, the the sea has to split, I'm gonna go forward and he went closer and closer and the water came higher and higher up, up to him And it says, not only only were the Jewish people not not encouraging him, it says there were people that were throwing rocks and trying to hit him and kill him, right? Because the idea was, on the offset chance that this actually worked, everyone wanted, they they didn't want that to happen. So there's certainly a level of social pressure that we see that when a person says, maybe I'm not going to drink so much, maybe I'm not going to eat the same way, maybe I'm going to make changes in my life, that the social circles that we have, even the close social circles that we have, might try to pull us back. And again, anyone will tell you in the matter of development, it's like, they're not not worried about you what they're afraid of is that you might get so good or you might change so much that you're not going to be able to have uh, the kind of relationship that you did. You know, we like you the way that you are. So so don't, you know, so so, so stay, you know, you have a drinking buddy, you don't want the drinking buddy to go away, right? You have a, a person you can sit back and have like, you know, back in the good old days, you know, we had the, the big, the, every Sunday we'd have the big <laughs> bagels with the cream cheese and the locks and, and all the stuff on it. And that was super nice, right? And so it's very difficult, especially if people in your life are trying to change their life. And you're concerned, right? You're concerned that, Maybe the situation will be different. So there definitely is a level of social pressure that pulls you back and everyone's gonna tell you like, okay, you gotta ignore those people, you gotta cut it off, you gotta have the, on, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, the honest conversation. What, what about the problem of that, if that honest conversation is gonna be with your spouse, the honest conversation is be with your kids, the honest conversation is be with the people in your office who rely on you, that you build. You created this whole situation, right? You build this whole world. And so we start to think, well, it's not that simple, right? If I'm by myself, if I have a couple of friends, you know, that are holding me back or coming to my office, like that's fine. But what about the relationships that I am fundamentally responsible for? So what do I do about that? And so that's the concept that I asked. And you have to switch. You have to change your whole perspective. And it's all contained in this one line of the book called Masilis sharp It says that the foundation of righteousness, the foundation of righteousness is that a person has to clarify his purpose in his world. In his world. So we spoke about the idea of perception and all that kind of things, but more importantly than not, you have your own world. And just because you want to be a better person, you want to be a holier person, you want to be a better person, you can't necessarily do it on everyone else's um, um, on their account, right? You have to take into account The person, the people that are in your life, and take that into account, and not drop them, because ultimately, and I think this is such a fundamental idea that we're seeing now that everyone's saying, right? People are holistic. Back in the old days, it used to be, you know, you find one person, you want to nurture that person, you want to grow that person, but then what happens is that they grow, and the family doesn't come with them. It's very interesting because in my early years in outreach, one of the things would be, you know, we would we would be involved with someone, and they they might want to grow and become. you know, more again even for myself I saw it myself as I was trying to grow more Jewishly and I found that you know obviously my family's like freaked out like what are you doing right and so the idea was you know just just go and do your thing and what's interesting is especially as various groups started working with different ethnic groups ethnically Jewish groups right um such as you know Persians or Russians so the family structure unlike you know like the white people from you know the white the white the white ashkenazi you know kind of like americans that have been here for a couple of generations when you're talking to a culture that has a much stronger family structure you can't bust a person out of their family it's highly and if you do they're going to come back right right away right so the idea is that a more holistic approach has to happen. That if you want to develop, not only can you, you have to develop yourself, but you have to th- parallel start to develop the other people in your life, right? Now again, now, that doesn't mean, you know, you start giving a, a, a whole discussion at the, at, the, at the dinner table about, you know, how, how people should change. No, but you have to have in mind, if I'm going to change and I'm going to do things differently, who's in my life that matters? And how do I accommodate them? How do I build them into my strategy for change? And I think that's absolutely fundamental, which for me, as a student of both the Jewish world and a student very much of the coaching and the self-development world, I found that there was this very big disconnect. Because in a lot of ways, if we put ourselves in the middle of our world and we don't account for and allow for and pay attention to the people that need us, the people that we build, the people that we again, I'm saying like you know like your kids and stuff like that, the marriage that you have, like you can't just leave those people behind necessarily. It's your responsibility to figure out how are you going to build into their strategy, how are you going to build into the way you relate to people your self development. So you do have to change again. That's a really interesting idea. Um, the there and again, you have to learn how to be really really good about these things because it's not like if you go from this broad perspective and you think to yourself god put me in this situation he put the people in my life that are supposed to be in my life he built the relationships again it doesn't mean that you're stuck to everything but it definitely means that you shouldn't think for one second that your development is going to get any bigger by dropping the people in your life unnecessarily right it's an idea that this is, this is also a very deep idea that it's oftentimes the hardest to believe in the people that we're closest to. So I could meet someone, I could meet someone I don't know at all. And we could have a five minute conversation. And in that five minute conversation, I could feel such a connection to this person that I'm like, you could be fantastic, right? But the interesting thing is we don't so often have that with the people that are the closest to us who will most benefit us by their growth. Right. So it and and I, and I heard a very a very big rabbi say this kind of an idea that really like resonated with me because I, I you know like I think like this, but I'm like I didn't realize like you also think like this, right? He was saying that there's a concept that that you know we have um we, we have a certain level of belief in our friends. We have a certain level of belief in our colleagues. We have less, you know, then, then it's like, but then you kind of like have a lot of hopes for your kids, but like, you know your kids, so you're like, you know, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe not. And you're saying that, and you have even less of that for your spouse, right? Cause you're like, well, I know my spouse, like, you know, my spouse. So there's this concept that we have to turn upside down our belief ladder. So we have to believe more in the people that we're closest to. That does not mean, again, getting up and telling people what to do because that never works. But what it means is as we go on our development process, what we have to do is to pay close attention to the people in our lives who we are close to and believe in our arts that they have the capacity to change also. The belief, is so much deeper than any lesson that you would give. Cause if you sit back and give this whole lesson to people about how you could be better, but deep down in your side, you're, like, you're kind of pathetic, right? So like, it's never gonna go and they're gonna be resentful and they're gonna pull you back and not in a good way, right? On the flip side, when you believe in someone, and then there's a counterbalance, a counterweight. It's like you know, okay, I'm going to go run for five hours, and my kids come down. They're like, you know, I dad, I need breakfast, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to run for three and a half hours, and then you know, whatever it might be things come up, and I have to get back. And so at the end of the day, I have 45 minutes, right? But the idea is that that that's what I need. So there's this there's this is the most important idea about not dropping the ball as you develop yourself. Is that you that the people in your life are the people that you have to believe in. And that goes back, again, this was Shimon Jacobson, uh, Rabbi Shimon Jacobson, I think the first or second time I interviewed, I don't remember. So maybe listen to both. There's a lot of gems in both of them, right? But he was saying that's the concept of greatness from a Jewish perspective is that we are not just focused on developing ourselves, but we are focused on building up and developing the next generation. And the number one way you can do that is to believe in the person, to to give them just your belief, your thoughts that they can change. And if you can do that, not only can you change, but if you continue to harbor that goodwill in your life and can and and, and have the, the positive belief in other people, you're not gonna be upset at them for holding you back because it's very easy to blame the people that we're close to for where you're not want, where you don't want to be. And and that's it's 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 a lie. It's a blame. You're, you're blaming, right? You have to take complete ownership for where you are in your life. But on the flip side, if you can look at your life and you see that they're the most valuable assets you have for change and you are there to believe in them, so then that belief will just kind of surround you, surround your family, and you will be able to uplift. Not just yourself, but everybody in the process. Thank you so much. There you have it, folks, another inspiring episode. If you enjoyed this, I ask you to please share this with your friends and to like us over on Rabbi Rupp through Facebook or on YouTube. And the more that we're able to get these important messages out, the more that we can really make an impact in the world. So I encourage you, please, to stay tuned. Uh, We have a ton of amazing speakers coming up and also to tell your friends about it. Thank you very much.